Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, church. How wonderful it is to praise our Lord this morning. We thank you for the songs that said, Whom shall we fear? We know who goes before us. We know who stands behind. God is always, always by our side, for he is faithful to us. Amen? Come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission, Lord. Consume all we are. Thank you for your presence in every room that we are in, every area of our lives. And Father, our fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in your love. So we stand in your love today. Amen, church? My name is Des, and uh, this is my wife, Kim, and we are reading your scripture today from Isaiah uh, chapter 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow, acquainted with deepest grief. He t- we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life made an offering, yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Amen. 
Amen, church family. We are so thankful that you're here um, with us this morning from your homes or your cars or wherever you're at. And I'd like you just to sit back and relax as we welcome Pastor RJ and Mary. They have an encouraging message entitled Thriving in Isolation. Pastors? Good morning. Thank you, Dozen Kim and Good Vladimir morning. back there. There's a whole five of us in the sanctuary today, and we are live here at WCF. Welcome to our place. Thanks for joining in with us today, everyone. So as you can see, uh, my wife and I spent a little bit of time this weekend doing some landscaping, and I got fried by the sun. My face is pretty red, and uh, I guess I should have used more sunscreen than I did. Your poor ears. <laughs> yeah, they're a little they're bit red. They're very red. And uh, I have a really um, wonderful habit of wearing my hat backwards, so my neck's great. It's just my, uh, <laughs> my face caught the uh, brunt of the sun. That said, um, hope you're all doing well. Uh, I hope that you're still praying and fasting with us as uh, we've got another few days of that. And for those of you that are tuning in and haven't joined us in our corporate church fast, you know, hey, it's not too late now. There's still four days left. And uh, feel free to join us as we uh, yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and uh, what God's doing in our lives. And we're believing for a breakthrough in our city, in our nation. And ultimately, we want to see that this uh, virus is going to get lifted off of our land right now and uh, that we're going to see some recovery uh, quickly in many arenas. That said, so we, uh, we also were laughing last week <laughs> as we were working on the message. We were cutting and pasting uh, all of the verses back and forth, and uh, it was funny because I think we mixed up a few of the verses. I think we double-checked them today, so hopefully we'll have a little bit of a better, uh, a better communication of that. Now, today, um, we are going to be talking to you about thriving in isolation. And we have discovered that it's a great opportunity for all of us here in the church and uh, anywhere all around the globe uh, for people to really press into God. And uh, it's a time where you can spend more time with Him. It's a time where you can seek His face. And I want to show you, hopefully, through the course of our conversation today, how even in the Bible, some of the people in the Bible, in isolation was the time when they had some of their greatest breakthroughs or when they heard God the clearest. In the best of times, though, we can feel isolated. Even, even when you're not self-isolating at home or when you have to stay inside and you can't go out and you have to social distance, you know, people can feel alone, and especially Christians, because, you know, you go out into a world system and you don't really belong. We, we don't belong in the world system. And when people are participating in, we'll say, non-godly behavior and sinful behavior, you're kind of the one that doesn't fit in. And it seems like everybody's doing it, and you're the one that's just kind of left going, wait a second, I'm not going to go do that. And within that, you know, people gather into groups, even in churches sometimes, and, and hopefully never in our church. But, you know, people do... Uh, they criticize and they condemn one another and they, they disagree on things and they form their own little cliques and really we don't want to ever find ourselves in that place where we're criticizing and condemning other people. We want to we try to operate in the law of love as much as lies within us. And you know, I've, I've found even in my own life when God's convicting me of something, he might not convict someone else of the same thing. And you know, one thing my wife and I are really big on is movies. And when someone asks us, hey, let's go watch a movie, we'll check the movie first for content. There's, there's sites that will tell you how much sexual content's in it, what kind of language in it, how much violence. And we have our, our standards for our, ourselves that we've agreed to in our home 
uh, for movies, and sometimes other people don't have that same conviction, and they will expose themselves to things that we just don't want to expose ourselves to. And sometimes you feel a little bit like, which of these ones is not like the others? But uh, I think it's really important that we stand on our conviction, and even if it makes us feel a little bit more isolated. That said, we as Christians live a disciplined life. We live a moral life, and that's automatically going to draw lines in the culture. And I know we do this as much as lies within us, but daily, I think we have to walk in love with others. And, and sometimes your love walk gets tested when you're out in the community, but uh, not as much anymore, but <laughs> online even when you're on social media sites, because everyone's got an opinion about everything. Uh, but I think it's really important that no matter what's going on right now and no matter how isolated you may feel at the moment, we can thrive through this, and we're going to go to that um, as we work through this. One of the other things that we noticed is if people have been walking with God for any period of time, there are seasons where sometimes you feel like heaven is silent, and you wonder, hey, God, are you there? Hey, God, do you remember where I live? Hey, God, do you remember my name? And we know that God knows us by name, and we know he's always with us, and he'll never leave us or forsake us, but sometimes we feel like he's far from us, and often that's because we've moved away from him. And, and other times you're just going through a season where there's, there's something that God's working out inside of us. And when you're feeling isolated at those times, it's really important that we keep doing the things that we know to do. We need to keep praying every day. We need to keep reading our Bible every day. We need to keep our connections with other people. And we'll talk about those a little bit. So for those of you joining us today, and I know a lot of you are from Windsor Christian Fellowship, but some of you may have, have caught our stream from other places. And I just want to talk for a moment because some of you have wondered about this God, and I mean, I even saw some questions in the past about, oh, which God caused this virus, and, you know, or which God allows it, and, you know, I, I want to talk to you about the creator God who breathed humans into existence, and he formed us with a really good plan, and sometime along with Adam, the law of sin entered into earth, and when sin came in, death entered in also, and sickness, and disease, and poverty, and lack, and the curse. But God gave humans freedom of choice. He gave them a free will. And what he did is he set up this Old Testament system of sacrifice kind of as a picture of things to come. And then Jesus finally arrived on the scene, and he was the once and for all sacrifice for sin. And because Jesus died on the cross, your sin can be forgiven, and you can gain eternal life, and you can gain forgiveness. And what happens is at that point, God changes our heart and we can fall in love with him. And he gives us a heart that was hard towards others, and he gives us a heart of love. And, and realistically, this is called salvation, or, or born again is what the Bible calls it, is the term it uses in, in the book of John. So I just want to pray briefly, and maybe if you've tuned in with us today and you're wondering what's going on and what's all this about, I think it's really important that we repent of our sin and give our life to God as a first step in our relationship with him. And then from there, we can start growing in our relationship with God on a daily basis. So Father, I thank you for anyone that's listening to us right now. And maybe there's someone that needs to confess their sin to you today, Father. And I ask, Lord, that you can forgive all of us of our sin, that you would heal us, Lord, that you would forgive us, and that you would bring us to a place where we can know you. I thank you, Lord, that we can receive your love because you died for us. And we can believe that Jesus was a sacrifice for our sins on the cross. And that because we put faith in his sacrifice, we can be made right with you in relationship.
So today, Father, we receive life, we receive eternal life, we receive grace, and we receive hope so that we can overcome anything that we face by your grace and for your glory. This day, Father, I think that you're saving people all over this planet in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the last thing I have to say before I let my wife talk for a second on this particular introduction is this. We who were made for community, we were made to be together. We were made to be in relationship first with our creator, which I just prayed for and talked to you about a little bit, then with each other. When sin came in, when sin entered the earth, it started separating people. It started breaking relationships and it ultimately broke our relationship with God. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about this morning, uh, I'm going to read from James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. So one thing I wanted to make sure and to clarify is that this is a testing of our character and our faith that's going on in our lives. It's not a testing of God's character. His character is already solid. It's sure. It doesn't change. God doesn't change. But it's our character that's being tested and tried and purified. So what is coming out of our hearts when we are being pressed. I said last week, and I was talking about how, you know, in these times and in these situations when it's really difficult, that we can either allow the worst part of ourselves to come out, or we can allow the best part of humanity, the best part of ourselves to come out, and that best part is Jesus. But like I had just, I just read in James, he encourages us to let it grow. Let that endurance have its full work and full place in our life. So in these times, you know, when we're being pressed and things are happening and we're coming up against difficult circumstances and our patience is being tried, our faith is being tested, that we are allowing that work that God is doing in our life to happen, that we are allowing him and the Holy Spirit to actually help us identify really and honestly where we're at within ourselves and then you know, getting quiet and asking God, okay, Holy Spirit, where am I at? And I need you to help me grow. I need you to help me to change. I need you to work out these things in my life and allow those things, give those things full place and full measure in our life so that we can help them to grow. You know, in Psalm 51, verse 10, you know, the Bible uh, says to us, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. You know, God is working in our lives to purify us as gold. And he's working in our lives to purify those flaws that are happening in our lives as they're coming out and they're being pressed. And that we allow those things to grow in our lives. And we only grow when we are experiencing discomfort. When we're comfortable and things are going well in our life, we're not doing much growth. But when we're pressed, when we're squeezed, when things are uncomfortable in our life, that's when we grow. When the pressure is on, that's when we see what is really, where we're really at and where the rubber meets the road and where we, we have an opportunity to um, grow and we have an opportunity to act on what we know and that we're able to put into practice, not just what we think we know, 
but what we actually will practically live out with wisdom and in his grace and knowledge and understanding. Amen? So we also know that in the Bible, many of the prophets experienced isolation at different times. Many of the men of God experienced isolation. I mean, you look at uh, the Apostle John, he wrote the book of Revelation when he was pretty well isolated on uh, the island of Patmos. And I mean, Paul was kind of under house arrest for a while. I mean, he had some visitors, but he was pretty isolated at the time that he wrote um, a lot of the letters that we know now as our New Testament. But even if you go back into the Old Covenant, some of the prophets, and I'm going to highlight one and my wife is going to highlight one, but there was, there was many of them that experienced a lot of um, time by themselves in isolation. Uh, I think of Jonah is one, and, and, but I want to talk to you about Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is an interesting guy. Um, he, I mean, I think he was created for the purpose of being rejected by others. He had this message um, that God gave him that nobody wanted to hear, and uh, he had no friends as a result of this. And, and, and people continuously um, isolated him and kicked him to the curb and pushed him aside and didn't want to hear what he had to say. I mean, I think they stopped their ears. and He probably felt like, pretty ostracized. Yeah, they even accused him of being a false prophet. And, you know. But in, in verse chapter 20, verse uh, 14 to 18, you know, Jeremiah comes to a place and he's like, yet I cursed the day I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. I cursed the messenger who told my father, good news, you have a son. Let him be destroyed like the cities of old that the Lord overthrew without mercy. Terrify him all day long with battle shouts because he did not kill me at birth. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb, that her body had been my grave. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble and sorrow and shame. Thank you. And one of the things that I think we have to keep in mind when we're, when we're dealing with that, Jeremiah came to the place where he was discouraged. He was depressed. He sounded really despondent. Yeah, he was, he was having a bad very. day. <laughs> he was not having a very good day. But he was being real with his feelings. And I want you to note, he was expressing this to the Creator, right? He's expressing his feelings to God. And I think that sometimes when you're feeling isolated and alone or depressed and discouraged, it's okay to talk to God. He's got pretty big shoulders. I think he can handle it. But I also want to make sure that we keep this in the proper context, because even though Jeremiah was rejected by his family and friends, even though he was constantly being put down, kicked aside, and struggled with depression and sorrow, I mean, even he was forbidden to marry. God told him, don't get married. <laughs> don't have children, uh, because all the kids that come forth right now are going to die. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was having a tough time. He even wished he was dead, but he still had hope. And you know, if you back up in that same context, verses 11 and 12, it says, but the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble and they cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them for I've committed my cause to you. Jeremiah knew that God was going to deliver him. Jeremiah knew that God was with him, and Jeremiah knew that the word that he had was from God, and he was going to speak it forth with boldness, and it didn't really matter where that word landed, because if people rejected the word, God told him to say it, and he was going to speak it forth. It was up to God what was going to happen between the people and God once Jeremiah delivered the word. And then even though Jeremiah did complain to God sometimes, he always returned to hope. 
And if you go down to chapter 32 in verse, I think, 17 and 18, he says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are great and powerful, God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all the wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people and you give them what you deserve. And Jeremiah found hope in the midst of the struggle. And what you see is he's prophesying to a nation and the nation Judah in this point was about to get, uh, go into captivity. They were about to be invaded and conquered because they had departed from the biblical truth that God had ordained for them to live in. And, you know, the nations of the earth today are no different. When nations fear God and trust God and look to God, he will raise them up and they will prosper. But when nations turn away from God in sin, in immorality, in lasciviousness, in other such type sins abound in the culture, you're going to see a culture in decline. You're going to see nations in decline. And uh, that's still true uh, to this day today, but no matter what, we have hope. Jeremiah saw hope that God was going to deliver. Jeremiah saw the end where after a season where they had to pay the consequence of their actions, they were going to walk out of it and God was going to deliver them and bring them back together as a nation. He saw through it and had hope. Just like we today can have hope for Canada, we can have hope for our nation, we can have hope for our city, that God is going to see us through this and we're going to come through this stronger on the other side. But I think one of the keys is we have to learn to listen to his voice on a daily basis. You need to get a word from God every day for your life. You need to get a word for your family. You need to be praying. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be doing these things on a daily basis. But this is where our hope lies in the Lord. Our hope does not lie in all of the people that are working really hard to help us right now. And they're doing an awesome job and we commend them and we value them and we need them. But our hope lies in the Lord. You know, one of the things that has really been at the forefront in uh, our community and all over the globe is uh, we've been talking a lot about our mental health and we've made such strides and such gains in understand, understanding mental health and um, talking about it. And, but in the wake, in light of this COVID crisis, it would seem that it's been, you know, put aside now. I mean, we understand that this necessary isolation and quarantine, we know that it's a benefit to us to keep us safe, but at the same time, it does make it very difficult to remain positive. Um, in the light of this crisis, it makes it difficult to uh, not fall into depression and discouragement and to be, become despondent, um, especially if you're in a particularly vulnerable time in your life um, when you were really needing and walking through some healing and needing that community, that fellowship and those safe, protective relationships that were helping you walk along to a road of recovery and restoration. So um, it's a particularly fragile and vulnerable time for many of us. So I want to encourage you that God does care for you. Even in these times of feeling alone and isolated, and we're not seeing much light at the end of that tunnel, we have to take it day by day and believe God and trust in God that he cares for us. Um, I want to read you a story, and I'm going to be talking to you about Elijah, the prophet Elijah, and I want to read to you just a little bit um, out of 1 Kings uh, 19, verses 5 to 13. 
And it says, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served you, Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So a couple points I want to clarify and make very clear to all of us as Christians that we know and we have an understanding of that God is not the author of COVID. However, God is working in this situation. He's working through the situation and he's working in us and through us. And we know, you know, Romans 8, 28 reminds us that God causes everything to work for our good according to his purposes for the good of those who are called according to his purposes because he loves us. So I want to point out something that's very key from that scripture I read. God did not condemn or punish Elijah for struggling with his feelings of isolation, loneliness, and discouragement. Instead, what we see here is a really beautiful picture of the Lord taking great care of him in his time of need, and in a very tangible way, sending an angel to provide nourishment for him, strength and comfort in what he needed. God is doing that for us today. He has done it for us, and he will continue to do that. Elijah cried out to the Lord, and like Pastor Arjay was saying, he cried out to God in his discouragement. He was honest with how he was feeling and he told him exactly what he was feeling. And as we cry out to God, as Christians, we know we have to understand that we're not led by how we feel, but we're led by our faith and we're led by the spirit of God. And that we're not making decisions and choices out of our feelings, but we're making good decisions that we're gonna be happy with out of being led by the spirit of God and by wisdom and understanding. So another thing that's really important is that you remember to listen, to get quiet. Elijah heard God's voice in the stillness, in the quiet. It was a whisper. 
And so much right now is going on. There's so many voices, so much in the news, so much in social media. And while all of those things help keep us informed, if they are too much to the extreme and you are inundating yourselves and saturating yourself with that, it goes to um, become a detriment to you and not be positive for your mental health. And it is actually a, not a good thing and it's toxic. So we need to remember that we need to get quiet and that in those times, we're listening for God's direction, for what he's asking us to do, for his leading, for his guidance, and for what we can do to be productive and thrive in this time. You know, yesterday I was listening to uh, K-Love, and I was listening to a caller call in, and he was a UPS delivery person. And he was telling this story about how it was this woman who was a Christian too, and so he delivered a package to her house. And on her front porch, she had left care packages on her front porch for her, for him, the UPS worker, she had left care packages for her grocer who was delivering her groceries. She had left a care package for the pharmacist who was the pharmacy that was delivering her medication and care packages for the postal service, the male representatives who were leaving and bringing her mail. She left care packages for all of them on her front porch. And the man was saying just how much that that touched him. It almost brought him to tears as he was sharing it on, on the story on Caleb and how that was really creative of her. Like we may not be able to have human contact right now, but we can get really creative and be a blessing to one another, even in this time. And how many of you know that that really impacted his life? And I'm sure it really impacted the postal worker, the grocer, and the various other people because he was saying, you know, and we know that it's so important what the doctors and the nurses and people in the medical profession, the personal support workers and everything that they're doing, it's so important what they're doing. But he was saying, you know, sometimes, you know, we can feel left out, you know, uh, we're only doing the deliveries and we're only doing the groceries and we're only doing this, but it's very important that she made them feel so important at, in their job was no less important than what the doctors and nurses were doing, but it's different. They serve a different purpose and they're serving. They're taking a risk. They're being out there doing those things and being away from their families as well in a time where they want to be close with their families. And they're serving our community in a different way, but just as much as we have the doctors and nurses that are doing a wonderful job in caring for our needs and our bodies, that these people also are providing for our, are making a way for us to receive the necessities that we need to keep on living. So he was just expressing how wonderful that that was and what a creative way that she came up with to be a blessing to her community and to those people around that were uh, being a blessing to her. Amen, church? Let me jump in. So, uh, on that note, um, another thing that's really practical is I've noticed when I had to go get some groceries the other day, um, some people are a little bit concerned and some people are a little bit, you know, standoffish, but a kind word will go a long way. Um, a word of encouragement and a smile and a little bit of cooperation with what they're asking you to do uh, will go a long way. There should be no Simple reason. Thank you. That Just we thank like, you. like the person in front of me was like chewing out the cashier, and I kind of looked at the cashier and said, "Just ignore them," <laughs> you know, like, and said some kind things uh, because 
I think what happens is everybody's up on edge right now, but we are instruments of light. So if you do have to be out in the community, now's a great time to let your light shine. Sorry, go ahead. Actually, it's, it's all back to me for now. you, yes. Oh, okay. Did you do divine interruption? I'm not sure. Did I? I don't think you did divine interruption. Oh, no, I didn't. You have to do divine You're interruption because right. I really like that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Live at WCF. <laughs> um, I wanted to also mention that right now, there's many of us, a lot of us, who are leading extremely busy lives. And we have four children. We live very busy lives. We are going in different directions lots of times. And for many of us, this time, God is working and was working in our lives to give us a divine interruption and saying, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to have you have a time where you can, you have nothing else to do, but you can get quiet and you can listen. And this is a time of divine interruption for you where you can have some time to get quiet before the Lord and pray and have some time of peace and be at rest with him where he can be a source of encouragement to you, where he can um, speak to you about whatever was um, a source of conflict, maybe a source of pain, a source of frustration. And right now is a time where you might have been about doing a lot of good things and you were super busy, but you were lacking in the time where you were able to spend with God when he is the one who's going to actually give you that productivity, that plan, that purpose that we need to accomplish because he has the plan and the purpose. And if we don't get quiet and spend that time with him and listen for his voice, that it's really important that um, we're going to miss out on so much. And a huge, huge regret that you do not want to have as a Christian is not having waited on the Lord and run ahead of him and just did whatever you wanted to do without having asked him first and acknowledged him. So right now, um, use this time that you have to get quiet before the Lord, to talk to him about some things, to talk to him about, you know, your what you can look at in your life that you were like, why was I doing that? Like now that I actually have some time to get quiet and give myself permission to step back and do those things, it's a good time for me to actually step back and reevaluate some things, readjust, do some shifting of my priorities and, and actually a good time now to learn and um, make a new habit and a habit that you can form right now about making sure that you develop that quality time, that time with God that we can share with him and not um, let anything, nothing interrupt that time. And when this has lifted and this crisis has lifted in its past and we are able to resume, quote, normal lives, that you're able to say, okay, part of my new normal, my life is going to be this time with the Lord, that I am not going to let anything else interrupt that time. Amen? Amen. The seasons are changing. We are in a transitional season. And, you know, many of you have read some of the end time accounts. I'm just throwing this in as a little bit of a bonus right now. Um, you know, about the beginning of the birth pangs and some of the signs that you're going to see. And it seems that we could possibly be transitioning into some of the next stages of that right now and we're watching it unfold in front of us before our, before our very eyes and this is like the best time ever to be alive but i want to go to matthew 27 and in verse 45 and 46 it says about three o'clock jesus called out with a loud voice eli eli lama sabbathani which means my god my god why have you abandoned me 
And really, even Jesus, when he was here on earth, experienced isolation, especially in this moment. And really, he did that for us. We read a little bit earlier Isaiah 53. I'll just point out a couple things in there. He was despised. He was rejected. This is talking about Christ. A man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised. We didn't care. It was our weakness that he was carrying. It was our sorrows that he was carrying. That's what weighed him down. He took the punishment for our sin upon himself. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. We strayed. We left God's path. Yet Jesus, God laid the sins of all of us upon Jesus, right? He was oppressed and treated harshly. We talked about these things at the earlier when they read the scripture. He was led like a lamb. He was silent before his accusers. He was unjustly condemned and led away. You know, it goes on, but really it's talking about how when Jesus went to the cross, God poured out his wrath upon him. He poured out his anger against sin and his judgment against sin upon Christ. And really for the first time in all of history, the Father and the Son became separated. And in that moment, Jesus felt alone and he felt isolated. And here's, here's something you gotta think about. When Jesus went to the cross, it was a road that no one had ever walked down before that was sinless. He walked down a new road. He made a new path. He endured the cross. And the truth is, right now, a lot of us are walking down a road that no one's ever walked down before. You're walking down a new road. People haven't gone this way before, and they're figuring out as they go. And, you know, within that, God had a plan. He laid it out all through the old covenant. He knew exactly what was going to happen and what was going to uh, be for purposed. But for us today, we're figuring out as we go, and we're doing the best we can to listen to the Holy Spirit and kind of walk down this road, just like you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're walking down this road. But it's a new path. It's a new road. We're trailblazers right now. And, and what's happening is straight across the board, not just in the kingdom of God, but just in the world system, no one has walked this road before or not for a long, long, long that time. That was one of the very key words, right, that God gave us was new. He kept yes. speaking to us new. I'm making a new way, a new path. And we just didn't understand how new it was going to be. Yeah, well, it's new. It's very new. <laughs> but, but in that transition, right, as you're going down a new path, it's more important than ever that you keep your anchor points. You keep your That's life right. anchored to the cross. You keep your life anchored to the Word of God. That's and right. then you try to stay connected in community as much as you possibly can. Now, when we look at that, what does that look like for you and what does that look like for me? Well, I think it's important that we pay attention to the times that we're in. And for some of you, you're going to have to stretch yourself a little bit and you're going to have to learn a new skill. You're going to have to learn something new. I know I've been talking to many people this week and, and different people are getting online with new tools. And, you know, I was talking to someone this morning and they were saying, hey, I got my fire stick. I love it. And, and someone else is learning how to do an e-transfer and someone else is, you know. So what's happening is because we can't gather in community together here like we used to, we had to come up with some other systems or some other solutions so that we can continue to operate as we can, which is why mentor groups are gone to video chat right now. We're utilizing the technology that we can. You know, we're working on getting all of our classes online. So if you were in Connect, Undercover, Vision, if you were taking one of our empowerment classes, little by little, we're working to bring those to an online platform for you so that we can continue to operate 
and provide the care and the love, you know, as much as we need. We have our phones available. Someone's answering the phone. So you can always call in and ask us if you need help. You can email us, uh, get a hold of us here at the church if you need to. Uh, and we'll do our best to get someone to give you a call. I know a lot of my team have been calling people and they've been asking people, hey, how are you doing? And the feedback that I've been getting is most people are like, yeah, yeah, we're good. And other people are actually engaging and having a conversation and sharing what's going on in their lives. And then they can agree with them in prayer. And, and together, we make it through. Together, we overcome. Together, we can do this. So keep in mind, you know, some of you are going to have to learn a new skill. We do have right now media available for all of you right now. And it's a great tool for all of us. Uh, to spend some time getting some good biblically-based content. I'm going to read a, another verse, 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm just going to tie back into what Christ went through for us. In verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God's given us this task of reconciling people to him, in the midst of all this, that is our purpose, to reconcile people to God. And we're going to do that through any means necessary today. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And Jesus, who was sinless, went to the cross for you and for me and for others that we know. And that's that message of hope that we have right now, is that you can be reconciled to God. You can be a friend of God. So as we go through our lives and you're reaching out to people, whether you're doing it through telephone or whether you're doing it through video chat or whether you're doing text messaging, keep in mind that our mission as we were reconciled to God is to reconcile others to God also. And really, in that midst of isolation, God will direct you. He'll lead you. And as, as he's speaking to you, he'll tell you who you need to call. He'll tell you who you need to contact. And people will reach out and they will contact you. And in that moment, when they contact you, it's a great opportunity for you to share the hope that God's placed within you uh, for today. And you're on... Uh, so right now, it's so important that we're intentional about choosing to be productive. Let's be really honest, for some of us, for many of us, the only wardrobe change we've had is from daytime pajamas to nighttime pajamas. And it's hard to get motivated uh, to do anything when you're forced to stay home and you can't do much of anything. And you eat way too much food, you're going to gain way too much weight, and from boredom, you're chain-watching Netflix. So it's really important that we are making some good choices in these times. And I just want to say, can I talk to all you mamas out there? Um, as a mom, you know, we have four girls, ranging in age from 16 to uh, my daughter, uh, my youngest, has her birthday this week, actually, and she's turning 11. And, you know, as moms, we need to be in this time watching over our children and being vigilant, being careful and protective about their mental health and what's happening with them. And just being in touch with them, continuing to talk with them, times of connection with them, and being watchful, mindful, and that we, at the same time as parents, are modeling the behavior of how do we adjust, how do we cope, 
How do we hit that reset button when we feel like things are a little bit out of control and we need to pull back and we need to be modeling some of those behaviors so that they can see, okay, this is, this is how we deal with things. And it's not about us as parents being perfect. They're not looking for perfect. They're looking for us to just be human, be real, be engaged with them, be approachable and being able to connect with them and that when things are out of control, we just were quick to say, you know what, I'm sorry, or um, uh, we hit that reset button and we pull back and we remember that, you know, God's mercies are new every morning and we're taking it day by day. And I love, um, my husband just loves this. What, my, one of my favorite movies is Anne of Green Gables. And Anne makes this statement and she says, tomorrow is always fresh with no mistakes in it. And I just love that because that's a reminder. It's another way of saying that God's mercies are new and available to us every morning. So we need to be um, doing that. I want to also talk to, like as a mom, you know, it's difficult. Your kids are home and you're home and it's all of you together and you're not going anywhere. You're not able to get out. You're not able to do anything. So it's really important that we make choices to be productive and have structure for our kids have some routines, have lists. I know for us, I can only tell you what we're doing. I'm a list maker. We have lists, we have goals. Each of them have things that they'd like to do. I've been giving them certain tasks and things that each of them can do, some few extra things that I know that they like to do and getting them involved with some things. I know that I've really drawn my kids into the kitchen with me. They're learning new skills to cook and learning some new recipes. We're baking and uh, cooking and so that and those are great compliments to their math and science elements at home that you can be doing some of these things with them together and getting them involved in that way and they're learning new things and and it's a great way to have some uh, more conversation and some connection time and get them talking and sharing about some things and another thing that I wanted to talk about is um, something that is important that we have to keep in balance. I'm sure many of us are getting a lot of it, but for, like I said, for many of us, we have really busy lives. I know Pastor RJ and I, like I said, we have busy lives and I don't think sometimes we realize how much rest we needed until we actually gave ourselves permission to sit down and to be still and to take some rest. I think it's important to note that one of the first things Elijah did and that God had Elijah do was sleep and rest for many hours and sleep again and rest. So that would prepare him for what's ahead. And I think that part of uh, a problem that we have today is that we don't get enough rest and that we realize that we need to take care of our bodies. And that this time too is part of knowing the reset button and how to hit it and go, okay, making some adjustments, making some changes. Um, We've been so loving the extra family time that we're getting with our family. Those movie nights, making popcorn, sitting together, cozying up on the couch, and actually being able to have extended dinner times that are not rushed and we're going here, there, and everywhere. It's wonderful to be able to sit down as a family and engage in conversation and have a nice leisure dinner together. And then going into the kitchen together and cleaning up. Just um, some easy ways that we can um, bring in and use this time as to really good advantages to benefit our family, to benefit connections and relationships in our immediate family, um, and to, to care for those relationships. And um, I think it's really important that we understand that in those times, 
um, that we take the time to listen to each other and to give each other grace. I mean, we are spending a lot of time together. And we are. So let's be real. Um, there's been Our kids are merciless at cards. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> they have no problem beating us. No, Consistently, they have no problem. Any, any card game we play, they just beat us. <laughs> I don't know how they do that. Um, but and, in turn, they are spending a lot of time together. So there's yeah. been a few days where we've been refereeing. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, that happens. And for us too, um, we give each other grace because we are spending a lot of time together. So in that we're quick to forgive and make sure that we're allowing each other that room uh, to grow. Amen? But they, uh, they're working really hard right now. I mean, we had them lug about eight, eight yards of stone from the front yard to the back the other day. They that worked was, very they, hard. They, they worked pretty hard. Okay. So we're going to uh, partake of communion together now. So if you need to take a moment really quickly and go grab some elements, uh, we have ours here. Thank you, Des, for bringing those up. And... Uh, when we look at the bread, what's that? When we look at the bread, yeah, you read Matthew 11. Go ahead. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation, and I'm also going to read it to you out of the Message Bible as well. I just love the way that that translation also uh, puts it. So out of the New Living Translation, Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Out of the message translation, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So... We're going to take the bread now. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And right now, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're sitting, no matter who you're with, right now we know that we're going to look to the creator that breathed us into existence for rest and for peace, no matter what we're facing. So Father, I thank you for the bread in our hand. And it represents your body that was broken. And in your brokenness, you made a way for us to be whole. In your brokenness, you made a way for us to be restored to relationship with you. And in your brokenness, you made a way for us to walk in peace. So Father, today we receive peace, we receive grace, we receive forgiveness, we receive healing. And I thank you that the curse is lifted off of our lives and our land because of the blood of Jesus that liberates us today. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cup before us. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you, any of us who are weary and feel that we're carrying a heavy burden. We thank you that you give us rest. 
We thank you that what you give to us is a yoke that's easy to bear and a burden that is so light. We thank you, Lord, that you know and are well acquainted with all of our feelings, with the discouragement, with any despair, with any of the depression we might be struggling with. God, you are acquainted with those feelings, and we thank you, Lord, that you know how we feel and that you overcame them. You overcome them for us, God, and we thank you for your blood that covers us, that sets us free, that delivers us from any bondage, any sickness, and any disease. Lord God, we thank you for your blood that covers us from head to toe. Lord, I pray that in this season of time that we would learn about the unforced rhythms of your grace. And we know and we believe that you will not lay anything heavy upon us. We thank you, Lord, that as we keep company with you, that you will teach us how to live freely and lightly. So we thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us and we receive your healing power in Jesus' name. So a couple final thoughts. I would uh, like to remind everyone that uh, we do have a service this Friday. It's going to be our Good Friday service at 10 a.m., the Garden of Gethsemane. And then we're going to do Easter Sunday, uh, the Garden Tomb. So uh, please stay tuned for those. Please remember we have prayer every day, uh, 12 to 1, Monday to Friday. There's many opportunities to connect. Right now it seems Facebook seems to be the best platform for that. And then our website, uh, we're working to keep that updated as well. Um, I'm hoping to have a few more messages for you all uh, myself this week. And uh, I think this would be a great time for us to receive our tithes and our offerings. Uh, so please remember to hit the uh, Give Now button or the Donate Now button. We have put eTransfer online for you. Um, and there is a push pay through our app. You can uh, link that to a card. And uh, we appreciate all of your faithfulness in this area. So I'm going to pray and uh, receive this with gratefulness. And uh, thank you all for your faithfulness. And we will look forward to seeing you next time. Father, I thank you for this day. For all the men and women that have connected with us today. And for the seed in their hand, Lord, may it never leave their life. And for the great opportunity we have right now to fund the mission to take the gospel of the kingdom to the nations of the world. And Father, I thank you that you're faithful to us in the era of finances and you provide for us our every need. Just like Elijah, Lord, you gave him bread that kept him afloat for 40 days. Lord, I thank you that you feed us, you clothe us, and you provide a roof over our head. So this day we look to you as our source and our provider for everything that we need. And Father, I thank you for all the people that are serving in the community today on the front lines. Lord, that you keep them safe, that your hedge of protection is about them. And Lord, I thank you for those that are under covenant with you that no plague will come near our household. In Jesus' name. Thanks for streaming us today. God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone.